Thank you, Linda. Well, good morning, everyone here in church, and good morning to those who are watching from home. Uh, my name is Neil Apti, if we've not met before, and I'm the Associate Minister here at Christ Church. Uh, brothers and sisters, what God is saying to us today from his words is this. Jesus says, to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Jesus says, to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Please bow your heads to pray. Father God, as we now sit under your word, by your spirit, help us to submit to your authority, the authority you have given your son, our Lord Jesus. Move us in all times and in all circumstances to pray your will be done. Put to death within us our selfish desires and motives that we would eagerly follow our Lord in the way of the cross. Set before us the joy of our salvation and the hope of eternity. Amen. Uh, just like before I begin uh, my sermon this morning, uh, to re-emphasize what Emmanuel said earlier about an opportunity we have after service for a time uh, of questions and response. Uh, that's an invite for those who are here live in church to ask live questions. Um, if you'd like to do so, do send them in by text to that number Emmanuel said earlier on. Uh, and for those at home, send them in as well. At the moment, we have no questions. So there's going to be no time of question response. Uh, so that, that, that might be what you're after. That's fine. We've answered every question during the series. Uh, but let me encourage you, if you'd like to do that, uh, to send those in. Um, and that will help uh, make a time of discussion after the service uh, for those who want it. What comes to mind when you hear the phrase, to carry your cross? Maybe for you it's quite a trivial thing. Like when someone gives you sympathy uh, for something hard you're doing. Uh, and you just say, oh, you know my cross to bear. Maybe you think of a, a, a piece of jewelry you wear around your neck as a reminder to you of Jesus' love and as a witness to those around you that you follow him. Maybe you've experienced some great trials and difficulties in your life and you know full well the weight and burden that Jesus has in mind when he says these words. Or maybe you never really thought about it in any depth. Like it's something you've heard about, and uh, you know it's something you're, you're supposed to do, but you don't really know what it means or even why Jesus brought it up. Brothers and sisters, this call from Jesus is central to the Christian life. And it lies at the heart of this gospel, the gospel of Mark. If we love Jesus, then carrying our cross is something Jesus says we must do. In fact, it's a command that he gives us. And as he goes on to show us, the consequences of neglecting this area of Christian discipleship can be catastrophic for our souls. You may remember from my sermon uh, on the 21st of February, where I said that Jesus was God's holy one who proclaims God's good news. I said the question that Jesus asks us, the book asks us, is how do we respond to Jesus' authority? Having now worked through the whole of this gospel over these 11 sessions, uh, we should be in no doubt that Jesus truly and really is God's holy one. 
and that he has proclaimed God's good news. That's what gospel means, remember? Good news. Jesus proclaimed it with his words. He proclaimed it with the way he lived. He proclaimed it with how he loved. He proclaimed it uh, with his merciful healings of people. He proclaimed it in evicting demons out of people. He proclaimed it by feeding thousands for scraps. He proclaimed it with his miracles. He proclaimed it as he stood up to self-interested religious leaders. He proclaimed it as he hung dying on a cross. He proclaimed it when by the power of our Lord's holy and life-giving spirit, he burst forth from the grave on that first Easter Sunday morning. He proclaims it to this day from heaven through his word, the Bible, through his Holy Spirit and through us, his people, you and me, as we love him and minister on his behalf. Brothers and sisters, we know with certainty that Jesus is God's holy one. And we know with certainty that his news, his message that repentance brings forgiveness for sins is the best news in the whole entire universe. There is no news, no story, no movie, no book, no podcast, no hip-hop track, no celebrity, no guru that can claim to be or have better news. We know this. We know this without question if we love Jesus. So if this is who Jesus is, and if this news really is as good as it claims to be, the question remains, how should we respond to Jesus' authority? Well, brothers and sisters, Jesus tells us exactly how we should respond in our passage today. Mark chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. At its heart, according to Jesus, there are two components to following him. The first is that we deny ourselves. The second is that we take up our cross. Cross-bearing, self-denial, or as I often say, the Christian life is cross-shaped and Christ-focused. So let me take you back to that earlier question. What comes to mind when you hear the term to carry your cross? I want you to imagine that you lived in Palestine in the first century, and you regularly visited Jerusalem for you know, the, the annual festivals and that sort of stuff. Now, I want you to imagine that one day whilst you're in the city, you hear this loud crowd like the, the roar of a football stadium, echoing around the sun-baked alleys that connect the streets together. You head in the direction of the crowd, and as you get nearer, the roar gets louder. What are you hearing? Listen closely. There's mocking laughter. There's jeering. There are naughty words and curses. You, you move closer and through the, the shoulders of the crowd, you get glimpses of what's going on, just glimpses. There's a man, and he's being driven by Roman soldiers with whips through the crowd. Those closest to him, those at the front, are, are spitting on him and throwing stones and throwing dirt on him. This, this man, from what you can see, seems to be uh, exhausted and he's, he's struggling to walk. It looks like he's carrying something heavy, but you, you can't quite see what. And then, and then he stumbles. 
and crashes face first into the hard stone street. The soldiers around him, they're merciless. They force him back up and they, they bark at him to continue moving. The heat is unbearable. The, the smell is overwhelming. And the crowd surge and swell and press all around you and around this man. More people start running towards the scene, some with a sense of eager excitement to witness today's entertainment. Others are there in angry condemnation of this man for whatever he's done. As the crowd swell, you get pushed, pushed, pushed closer to the front. And for the first time, you see this man completely in his bruised state, clothes torn, dirty and despairing. And then you see what he's carrying. And you recognize it immediately. Over his shoulder rests the crossbar of a Roman cross. It's a little over five foot long. That's perhaps about here on me. Let me be generous. It's about a foot wide, about half a foot thick. You can see the grain of the rough, sawn wood. The whole beam is blotched and spotted and stained with dark reds and blacks. At the ends, you see deep gouge marks where nails had been repeatedly hammered in and, and ripped out. You notice how splintered and fractured the timber is. And you see it rubbing uncomfortably on the man's shoulder, digging in and splintering into him the whole time. You can see the immense weight of the cross buckling his knees and forcing him into the ground with every step. You then glance ahead at how far he has to go and your heart sinks at the journey that lies before this wretched man. What comes to mind when you hear the phrase to carry your cross? Because when Jesus said these words to his disciples and when Mark writes them on Peter's behalf to those first listeners, this is the kind of grotesque image that they would know only too vividly. And brothers and sisters, this is what Jesus said we must do. This is what Jesus said we must do to be his disciple. Jesus says, to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Carrying our cross is what self-denial looks like. As Christians, every day we are to, to wake up, to, to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, what am I willing to give up today for Jesus? Or better yet, to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. If you're, if you're anything like me, most of your life is governed by decisions that you make for your own benefit, for your own comfort for the benefit of those we love. How much money I spend or save or give away will dictate what kind of holiday I can afford. When I worked in London, how much time I spent at work would dictate how much time I could spend with my family. When I walk down Serviton High Street, do I choose to avoid that particular corner 
so as to not have the guilt of passing that homeless guy every day? When I'm talking to my friends and family, do I bring up contentious issues, you know, like faith? Because I know it's going to lead to another hard conversation. When I was at school, would I offer to pray for someone or not? Because I was afraid of looking weird. When I'm looking to buy a house, am I looking for a place with the best connections for schools, for commuting, for getting to shops? Or am I looking where God might make me most useful to him? When I choose which friends and family to have around uh, in my garden now, you know, the lockdown's lifting up, rule of six and all that, do I choose those who I get on with well? Those who are like me, you know, my kind of people? Or do I choose someone with rougher edges? In the evening, after a long day of work and household chores and parenting, do I flick the TV on to drown out my day, or do I instead turn to God's word for nourishment? When my children come downstairs for the fifth time after going to bed, am I angry at them for taking again my time away from me? Or will I give time to lovingly understand why they are struggling to be away from me tonight? My children are here, you can ask them my usual response. When I consider parties or clubs that meet on a Sunday, which mean my children can't come to church, what choice am I going to make? In my private moments, do I indulge my sinful desires, or do I turn to prayer instead? Does this sound anything like your life? (laughs) Brothers and sisters, Jesus says if if we truly love him, if we truly are his disciples in each of these circumstances and more, we must deny ourselves, we must. 4, verse 36, what good is it to gain the whole world, to have the life you so desperately crave, the job you so eagerly want, that car, that holiday, that extension on our house, that certain house, that level of education, that kind of child, those types of friends, that reserve of savings, that degree of influence, that level of status, whatever the whole world might look like to you. What good is to have all that stuff and yet forfeit your soul for eternity? Jesus asked us in verse 37, what can you give in exchange for your soul? This is self-denial. Bringing every decision to the foot of the cross, placing it prayerfully before the Lord Jesus and choosing to pray, your will be done, instead of saying, my will be done. If this sounds painful, that's because Jesus says it is. Jesus never sugarcoats the cost of being his disciple. He is always upfront about it. Before we follow him, he tells us that we should sit down and count the cost of being his disciple, Luke chapter 14. If you're hearing this kind of teaching for the very first time, then I'm sorry. I'm sorry that on your faith journey, people tried to deceive you into thinking the Christian life was an easy one. It is a glorious one. 
It is a beautiful one, but it's often hard. This is the cost of being Jesus' disciple. And that cost includes not being ashamed of what Jesus says and of him. Take your mind back for a moment to that man dragging his cross through the streets of Jerusalem. Not only was the cross itself painful and burdensome to him, but it was a source of ridicule, mockery, shame, and insult for him. Jesus says, to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is telling us that if we are his disciples, then we must carry our cross. And that just like for that wretched man, we should expect ridicule and abuse from those around us for following him. Verse 38, Jesus says, If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and simple generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Remember, Jesus' message is good news. His words are eternal life. How on earth could we be ashamed to talk about Jesus? How on earth could we be ashamed to share his words, the the words of God himself, to anyone around us? Yet, if you're anything like me, all too often we are, aren't we? Jesus says, to be my disciple, you must take up your cross and follow me. Brothers and sisters, if we love Jesus, we must bear the shame and ridicule that this world will throw at us for following him. I mean, just look at the pressure put on Sakir Starmer two weeks ago after visiting a church. It is better by far for the world to be ashamed of us than for Jesus to be ashamed of us before his father. Now, this is a hard teaching. And you may be feeling my words sitting heavy on you as you reflect on how you failed to obey Jesus' command. I know only too well how often I fail with this. And I'm a minister. I want to say to you that of course there is forgiveness. You know as well as I do that, that Peter himself denied Jesus three times. That he was ashamed of, at his Lord's most desperate moment. Yet with a broken and heavy and contrite heart, Peter came back into the embrace of his Lord and was completely forgiven. We are offered the same level of forgiveness. But remember that Peter went on himself to literally carry his own cross, being crucified upside down at the end of his life. Carrying your cross may mean suffering for the name of Jesus, like we heard about last week from Open Doors. Given what Jesus says, though, this should undoubtedly be true for each of us at some level. But for all of us, it also means daily putting our desires, our wants, our sins to death, crucifying them as we seek to live for Jesus. And these may not be bad desires, 
It means daily submitting to God's providence for us. There will be things that happen that you don't want to happen. There will be things you pray earnestly for that never come to pass. These can be bruising and the rubbing of that heavy cross. These might feel like the piercing of those splinters into your shoulder. The uncomfortable rubbing of the rough wood. As one preacher, Derek Thomas, puts it, in all these things and more, being prepared to accept whatever providence comes our way as we faithfully follow Christ in every area of our lives, putting him first and me last. Brothers and sisters, I know as I say this, all of us are likely to be feeling anxious. We will be afraid. A cross is not a nice thing. I hope I've shown that to us today. This is obvious to anyone who takes more than a moment's glance at this passage. Yet Jesus is not calling us to do anything that he has not already done himself for us. Jesus knows full well the burden of a cross. He experienced the most atrocious ridicule and abuse on his way to Calvary. He has denied himself of more than we would ever be called to deny ourselves by our Father. Exchanging the choir of angels for the noise of a backwater town. The glory of heaven for the harsh lights of this world. The comfort of his throne for the agony of a cross. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus says to us, to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, he knows exactly what that means. We follow in our Lord's steps. We assume his posture in life. And in the mercy of his grace, he has spared us from experiencing anything near the shame and agony he faced the shame and agony our sins before our Father God deserve, because he has taken it all for us. The cross is an instrument of death. There's no denying that. And so when we carry our cross, we know that we are heading only in one direction. But the beauty of God's grace, the wonder of the gospel is that because of Jesus' own death on a cross, we will be carried through death into eternal life, to be received into the embrace of his own nail-pierced hands. Remember Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I love this line. Who, for the joy set before him, for the joy set before him endured the agony of the cross. Imagine that joy. Scorning its shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him 
who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Jesus says, to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. My prayer for each of us is that by the power of his spirit, we would joyfully submit to Jesus' authority in every era of our lives, choosing to take the way of the cross, choosing to follow the steps of our Savior with joy. Please bow your heads to pray. As we come to the end of this 11-part series in the book of Mark, I don't know what you've taken away from it. I don't know how our Lord's Spirit has been applying these words to your hearts. Maybe you're watching this online and you're watching for the first time. Maybe this has been a wrestle for you for 11 sessions. Each time coming back to see the beauty and wonder of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, there's no denying this is a hard calling. That the Christian's life can be a difficult one. But like our Lord Jesus, the author and perfecter and pioneer of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, there is great joy for us who believe. The joy of salvation the joy of forgiveness of everything we have ever done wrong and ever will do wrong. The joy of knowing that the ones we love who have died in faith, we will, we will see again. The joy of sharing the love of Jesus in our actions, in our words. The joy of being a brother or sister in faith with relationships that can be, as Jesus promises us, thicker than blood. The joy of walking with someone as they experience great trials and difficulties. Praying with them, ministering to them, comforting them, lifting their eyes to Jesus. The joy of knowing that every time we get things wrong, these aren't counted against us because of our Lord. Father God, we pray that as we have gone through this series, you will teach us by your Spirit to love Jesus more. As we reflect on our calling to carry the cross, as we feel anxious and afraid and and saddened and heavy-hearted and fearful, that, Lord, you will help us to see how much more so these pains were for your Son. And that we would love him all the more because of it. Strengthen us by your spirit, Lord, to carry our cross with joy. Scorning its shame. Knowing that you have fixed for us a crown that we will receive. Give us, as you promise, words to say in those moments. Give us, as you promise, strength for our hard times. Help us to remember, as you promised, that we will be not tempted more than we can bear. 
provide around us, brothers and sisters, that when we are feeling weak and broken and when that cross forces us into the ground again, brothers and sisters who will lift us up, who will help us to carry that burden, who will put balm on our wounds and give us rest for our weary legs. And then by your strength, Lord, help us to stand up and keep following you. Father God, we thank you and we love you. We thank you for your forgiveness when we failed to do this. Help us here as a church family at Christ Church Serviton Hill to be cross-shaped and Christ-focused in every area of our lives, giving out all to you. That in your mercy you'll be pleased to use us to bring the light of your gospel to Surbiton, to our places of work, to our conference calls overseas, to our cafes and shops. And you'll be pleased to bring others into the joy of your faith because you are merciful and we have been faithful. We love you, Father. Amen.